Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Ultraviolet, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, I just want to say how grateful I am, first of all, to see your faces, some familiar, some not familiar. I haven't shared in a while. Um, and how grateful I am to be asked to speak today. Um, because this morning, it, I got up, I went for my walk, I got back, I showered, I put on a full outfit I put jeans on before 9 a.m. and got brushed my hair and brushed my teeth and honestly like and ate my breakfast so honestly like that means like wow power my higher power is really I'm really feeling guided by my higher power um and that's what happens when I'm asked in service to be of service um I think that's the gift of program is that being asked being asked to be of service or voluntarily being of service um in program it it kind of puts my own will away it pushes my own will to the side and it just gets me to do things that are very basic in the human day-to-day things that sometimes UV does not always want to do um like those basics um and um, but yeah, so I'm very grateful for that. And um, I'll just start off with where I started and talk about one thing, which is a huge prevalent part of my life and this disease, but um, I am type one diabetic. I got diagnosed when I was nine years old. Um, and the thing with type one diabetes is that, you know, and autoimmune conditions is that people don't always know the trigger or the cause. And that can be a really frustrating thing to live with my whole life is to know that nobody knows why this happened. And I could go my whole life playing in a victim role of God, why is this happening to me? Why me? Um, so I, I can't help but talk about my disease, both diseases, because um, every day, like now I'm, I'm I, because of program, my attitude towards my diabetes has changed massively. Um, now I'm in a place where I thank God every day for my diabetes because it is the one thing that actually gives me a starting point to know, like, to know a higher power, um, <laughs> to, to like surrender to a higher power and um, to understand what it is to be right sized and to know like my limits and to know that I am a human and I actually do have limits um, because the will that I have, the self-will, the, the righteousness that I have accumulated over my life <laughs> that's just in me sometimes can really be um, like poison. And it can really get me in a lot of trouble with my health and both physically and mentally. Um, and so I thank program for giving me the space to explore what it means to walk a path that, that requires a lot of patience, which is another trait that I do not, um, I'm not 
blessed with. <laughs> it's, it's something that I work towards having more of. Um, it was patient. And that is probably on right now in my life, at least, that is one of the hardest things that I'm praying about because um, I tend to like want to either think in the future or the past. And that's another thing that program talks about is, you know, it's like being more present and how we can be more present. That's shown in a lot of the different steps and through the tools as well. Um, and so, yeah, but I got diagnosed with my diabetes at a really young age. And so I felt like, well, I have this personal responsibility now and I have to be like more responsible than all my other peers. And wow, like once again, victimizing myself and just kind of putting this like mixture of like resentment also towards like my dad's side of the family because <laughs> my diabetes comes from him. And then I also come from like, you know, history, like ancestral history of addiction um, and alcoholism and like all this stuff. And um, something I learned in program is like how much we can't control other people and like you know how letting go of resentment is a huge aspect um to my recovery and I think that because I've been in this program and because I've talked to different people including other type 1 diabetic um and just you know what other leaders, even non-diabetic so that's the thing is like um connecting with other people is like really important connecting with fellows is really important um and I learned that from a young age because I joined program when I was 14 years old I'm uh, I'm gonna be 20 in a couple months now and um I was in my freshman year of high school and I was just going through a really tough time with the food like I was at a very low bottom like um, and I was also coming from like a ballerina world background. So a lot of like issues with body dysmorphia and, um, you know, things like that, even though all my peers were like, not really into like eating disorders, they weren't into eating disorders and stuff like that, but it was more just me feeling like, oh, this personal responsibility of like me having to like work extra hard, um, but that's that's like that's the terminal uniqueness trait that that's a defect that the program talks about as well. Um, but so I joined program in 2017, and um, and yeah, I've been here since. And one of the things that I'm letting go of is perfectionism with program, meaning I don't like have to say, well, I didn't do this, that, and the third with program. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, if you're in program, your voice is valid. And I, I, that's something, my voice is valid. So it's like, my recovery is valid. <laughs> so if I say that my voice is valid, then I'm also validating my recovery. Um, so that's a huge aspect. Um, and I will say that, like, more recently, um, you know, with COVID happening and everything and then quarantine and lockdown and 
my senior year of high school being online and like so much isolation and like this time of my life, especially where I feel like I need to be really social, but also in anybody's point of life, that was really hard. It's been a really hard few years. And um, with the food, it was like, it was extra hard um, because going to the extremes is, is an, it's another compulsive behavior. Um, so like we're binging versus restricting a lot and hyper like, you know, control and management. Um, that kind of came out during the COVID lockdown where I was like really trying to be vigilant with my, with, <laughs> with my eating and, and my exercise. And it's like something that program is continually teaching me because as I just hear other shares and other people's stories and I'm relating them um, to my own. And when you realize, like when I realize that I'm part of a bigger thing, that's myself. Cause sometimes it's just fellowship that needs to be my higher power for that day. Um, when I realize that it's like, I don't, um, I recognize how much like my micromanagement of things like me trying to be perfect with, recovery is like such like it's it's like very blinding it's like it's like a trick like it doesn't exist <laughs> um so I think that being people and just staying in contact with fellows no matter where I am because I love to travel I love being all over the place I'm in community college full-time like student everything like everyone has busy lives sometimes and um what I've noticed is that like if there's one thing with my recovery that I can just maintain is just connection with other fellows um like let's say okay I didn't like write an inventory every day okay at least I can text somebody because my disease wants to isolate me and wants to put me into this zone. It kind of goes back to my childhood of like, this is your responsibility and only your responsibility. No one else can help you. No one else can be here for you. That's my disease. <laughs> um, and that does not do anything. I mean, it doesn't give me long-term recovery um and what I have learned is that these things like personal responsibility like routine in the morning like things that help my disease um you know meal plan like meal planning or having a food plan talking with my sponsor these things are all tools that um helped me on my end but if it's not for something greater, like a collective cause, if I'm not reminding myself of like, this is for something greater than just my benefit, um, it, it doesn't, it's not like, doesn't feel like I'm truly um, recovering because it goes back to when I was nine years old and just feeling like, well, it's just about me and my responsibilities <laughs> um it's not all the, <laughs> like to just be in to be available for other fellows um 
and to reach out, which is something I'm not perfect at either. Um, that's a huge part that's really important to my abstinence too. Um, because my self will of to like prep everything and like be perfect about when I'm eating and what I'm eating every single like if I talk to another person about it I actually would start to hear myself and I'm like wow I'm like I'm going insane like I'm not in I'm not insane (laughs) I'm not in serenity right now I am in I'm like in like micromanagement mode I'm like in hypervigilant mode and that's hostile and that's scary like so but I wouldn't be able to always recognize that if I don't talk to a fellow (laughs) because my head will just be the own police sergeant like every day streaming at me like I could go like that for my life and it would damage me um so that's why like kindness and rest is and like kindness and understanding and compassion are things that we like as fellows hold for each other but as we learn to do to have those things for each other it's like then we can have those things for ourselves um I know it's like not program related but we always hear love thy neighbor as thyself and sometimes I need to reverse and say love thyself as thy neighbor um they're just they're in they're interconnected so I really can't have one without the other and with my food like I just have to know that like I'm not going to be perfect and also my abstinence what abstinence looks like for me has changed throughout the years because with food it's so much harder than like alcohol and drugs where you can just cut it completely out of your life Um, this is like way more, I mean, I don't want to compare, but it just feels like there's a lot more like awareness (laughs) that needs to be involved sometimes. Um, and my weight has gone up and down and I'm actually like in the winter, like there are parts of the year where my plan my food plan like you know again like it changes and I'm higher I'm more way more than like I do some other times of the year and you know what that's human and that's another defect to let go of is my vanity that's because once again thank you um because once again this disease will do anything to try to um prevent me from having peace with my having peace with myself having peace with my diseases <laughs> um and so yeah there's and I've like also been a part of other spiritual communities and everything and um and then I'll like think about well how does like my eating my compulsive eating play into it um like is there actually a disconnection there where I'm like involving myself in something maybe a spiritual practice but there's something that's disconnected from like the compulsive eating or something that is not really like 
helping mend the compulsive eating. But um, as I learn and as I walk on this path, I just realized that like the way I eat is the way I eat and how I eat. If it's not like what considered is considered normal, but that's like really, you can't, I don't really know what, you know, normal <laughs> that insinuates for everyone, but how I eat can definitely be a reflection of like where I'm at spiritually. And something I'm working on is like eating my meals without distractions, which is really hard because I'm often eating lunch and breakfast and dinner alone. Uh, I live with housemates, but I'm in college and, you know, I'm making my own food and kind of just sitting alone most of the time when I'm having my main meals. And that's really like depressing because we're social beings. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's something that I'm really like having to under, like just let go of is that there's going to be some discomfort with that. Like, but there's also some peace and that's okay. Um, so yeah, but if there's anything that like overarches this, um, this shares that like, I think connecting with other people in times of isolation and connecting with fellows, um, during recovery is like, it's an essential part of my recovery and it's something that I I mean, we'll continue to work on and continue to do um, because the right sizing is really part of my recovery. Like being right sized, like having, like it kind of, whenever, when I go to a meeting, when I share the meeting, when I speak with the fellows, like my big ego of righteousness and self-will and desire to fix everything with my disease in my life and like to have everything in order it just like blows up <laughs> and it just dissolves because it's like I'm human like I'm I'm just human and that's part of learning in my higher power um and it really like when that happens it's like who my anxiety my depression like those things kind of are regulated and I'm back at, I'm back in the present moment. Um, so I think that's all I have to share. I was kind of all over the place, but once again, I'm not, it's okay. I don't have to be perfect. <laughs> um, and I hope you guys got something out of it, but yeah, I'm very grateful for program and the steps and the tools and the fellows. Um, been a prevalent part of my, spiritual growth and, and my recovery too with uh composure. So thank you.